Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Are your money back? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listeners of the podcast Speed Street. Uh, this is Connor Daly here. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, obviously, I am not the one normally introing this show. Uh, it's normally Joey Molinaro, my uh, my uh, my podcast co-host, but he is uh, he is away. He's doing very famous people things, um, and you got to do that. So it'll be me and Ben Walton today. Uh, but still, great show. Obviously, uh, love talking to everyone about what's going on in the IndyCar world. A lot of IndyCar news. Um, great NASCAR weekend at Homestead to talk about a little bit. Uh, we have an American point score in Formula One. Uh, love to see that. Logan Sargent, friend of the show. Not many shows, you know, in our stratosphere. You know, I don't know what's in our stratosphere, but I would say, uh, you know, aspiring podcasters have had Formula One point scores on their show, uh, this year. So, uh, very, very excited to, um, you know, to see that. But uh, Ben, how we doing? How you doing, my friend? Or how how are we feeling? Uh, you got a great shirt on, big Stuart Haas guy. Uh, how you feeling? I'm good, man. Yeah, things are well. We're staying busy, um, podcasting when we can, of course. Got to keep the Speed Street listeners occupied during the off season. So I had a lot of racing going on this past weekend. Excited to talk about it. Yes, and. We also have a great guest this week. Uh, I, I have enjoyed all of our guests the last few weeks. I think we've been on a great streak of, of fantastic guests. And if you're new to this show, too, feel free to dive back into the episodes because we've had a lot of really cool guests this year. Uh, you know, Logan Sargent one, being one that we talked about. Uh, Milo Ventimiglia, actor, very famous actor who's into racing as well. We've had uh, Bryce Case Jr. just a couple weeks ago. That episode, I think, is fascinating. Talking about hacking the world. Um, so... Again, great, great interview this week with Benjamin Peterson. Uh, we got back into the IndyCar world. Um, obviously, uh, IndyCar driver for AJ Foyt Racing. Uh, AJ Foyt slash Penske now. This is a little Penske, Penske little operation there. Um, again, and 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 I know that Joey. You know, we we've given him some. We gave him some uh, some some bad ratings at some point during the race, right? Like we have. It was he got some yikes moments uh, from us. 
Maybe not necessarily me, maybe more so for Joey. Joey went at him like three weeks in a row. But but we have a great, a great chat with him. And 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 I think you guys will enjoy it, especially the, you know, our core core IndyCar fans, um, you know, who enjoy getting to know people. So it'll be a lot of fun. But uh, but yeah, first we have a few things to get to. Ben, would you like to tell us maybe I think there's been some stuff going on. Feel free to like let us know. I I want to let you know that I know that you know what's going on. That's really complicated. <laughs> I'm not going to read into it. There's probably some grammar uh, mistakes in there, but it's okay. Potentially. Um, yeah, no, we had a few different driver announcements uh, this past week. I know some some big question marks got answered as far as silly season goes. Uh, the big one is friend of the show, Pietro Fittipaldi, um, is going to be full-time with RLL next year, which is super cool. He was awesome to have on. If you haven't checked out that episode, uh, I think that was, man, that was off-season last year, maybe? Like, yeah. It was like towards I, the end of last year, I think we talked to him, and um, he was... Think just doing sports car stuff at the time, if I remember right. Yes, so and brother, Haas F1 Reserve stuff. Yeah, yes. Haas F1 Reserve. His brother as an F2, I think, this year. So that was an awesome conversation. But yeah, what do you think of that? Um, this is going to be that was like a big question mark on who's going to go into one of their spots. Yeah, absolutely. That was uh, you know one of the one of the last major full time seats that was that that came off the board. Um, honestly, one that I was trying to fight for as well. Uh, I, I had no idea this was happening. I, I my chances of getting that seat was you know slim to none anyway because I don't have a lot of great momentum. Uh, you know even though I, you know even though I've done what I've done, uh, you know when I could do it. Um, but yeah, I think big surprise really for a lot of people. I I I, I ha- I'm usually someone who I hear the things, I hear the rumors, I I get in the weeds a little bit, and I you know I I try to listen to what's going on. Um. And from what it looked like on the Twitter sphere, it looked like not a lot of people saw this coming. You know, Yuri Vips was there, um, but with Yuri's past and 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 some things, some decisions he's made, some things he got in trouble for saying, some some bad things, I I don't think that sits well with a lot of the Ray Hall sponsors, right? It's like that. There's there's no doubt about that. We get that. That's 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 the world that you know that you just that that's that makes sense. Like that that's sadly what is going on um and pietro i know has had some support and and from someone who was trying to get that seat i knew that there was you know there there needed to be a little bit of a financial element there maybe to 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 come into play but realistically you know ray hall has built such a strong three-car team um that you know they they were still able to kind of pick their guy and i mean pietro he has wanted another chance at IndyCar. I think he even talked about it on our show. Uh, and and he has not really ever gone away. I think he's got good, smart people around him, too, who have been probably trying to just poke their heads around a little bit, uh, the IndyCar paddock. And when 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 I think about it, you know, if he has some sponsorship support, maybe not all of it, and you need a proper chance to get in and show what you can do, I mean, this is it. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for him. I, I said... I actually said to myself, you know, I, I was pretty much, I knew I wasn't going to get that seat, um, but I was hoping that it would go to someone that I could be excited about. You know what I mean? And Pietro, I think, is a guy that we can all be excited about. He's got a ton of momentum. The guy comes from the F1 world, which again, he's been a reserve driver, but he's also raced in Formula One. Um, and he's got a great fan following, got great support. Him and his brother do incredible work on, uh, you know, on uh, with live streams, kick streaming. They're, yeah, they good stream content. On kick. Um, they put out a lot of great stuff. So there, I think he's very smart. 
I think IndyCar fans will will really like him. Uh, you know, we have a Fittipaldi in IndyCar. That's great. Um, and you know, I I, I just I, I think it's very cool. So again, I, I'm I'm thrilled for him. I, I think he's a good dude. Obviously, friend of the show. Um, and you know, it, that's just one more seat off the board. You know, one more seat off the board. Uh, you know, the the path to the IndyCar you know season of 2024 is definitely becoming clear. Uh, there's still a few more seats, obviously. Still some other interesting rumors that I that I heard this week that I I I was disappointed to hear, but I'm very curious to see if it actually is real. And you know, we'll just we'll have to see how it plays out. But there's definitely some wild stuff going on in the IndyCar underworld scene right now. And um, you know, it's again, it's such a it's a brutal world out there right now. But um, I guess that's just kind of where we're where we're at right now. So with them, I believe they also announced this at the same time that they're gonna still keep Yuri Vips under contract, if I remember right. So Yeah, I think, saw that as well. Yeah. Because of that, do you think they're gonna try to go like try to sell sponsors for him? Or do you think that's just like, oh, let's try to just get an Indy five hundred rider do just do a couple of races? I actually don't know. I I think obviously they're gonna have a fourth car at the five hundred and and you know, I've talked to Bobby about, you know, running the fourth car with them. I think they they obviously know what I did at St. Louis, you know, finishing ahead of their guys and, and kind of the oval experience that I have. Um, so I think they, they have a lot of interest in running me for the fourth car at Indy. Uh, and obviously running a fourth car just for a rookie, that would, that would be tough. Like that would be a tough one. Um, but the way I think I, I look at it for those guys is, is if they can get an engine that, that that's the issue, right? Is the field is so big now for teams to expand, there has to be enough engines. So, you know, running, Running a fourth car, I could see them doing that for a couple road course races, right? Ray Hall's, they do such a great job with with their sponsorship, their partnerships, their their funding. And and realistically, they have people who are, you know, very upstanding businessmen. You got Mike Lanigan, Mike Jack. I mean, that guy could fund a fourth car if he wanted, right? Hey, we're going to give our guy who we believe in, because they obviously believe in Yuri, and I think Yuri did a great job when he got in the car, and the guy was fast. Um, if they want to give them a shot, I'm sure they can do it, but they want to make sure that everyone's still making money. Everyone's still in a successful position here. So I am very curious, you know, if we somehow, uh, you know, I've definitely talked to them about running their fourth car at the 500, if that's part of it and they get some more races going on and they start to connect some dots and they're like, Hey, we need someone to do more oval racing. I mean, shoot, I would do that too. So, uh, there, there's all kinds of things that could happen, but, uh, keeping Yuri under contract. I mean, it definitely means that he's going to be doing something with them, right? So I respect them for doing that. I really do. Because that, as a driver, if you think you got that seat going forward, that's tough to accept. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard. And I'm I'm sure it's tough for Yuri as well because he wants to get back in the scene. Uh, but uh, but good for Rahal for keeping him on. And uh, and you know what? I, 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 I see them doing that for a reason, right? We, always, we already know they're probably going to run a fourth car at the 500. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see how that plays out. Yeah, it's interesting. Who knows with him being under contract with them, if they throw him in some sports cars, races here they and there to keep him occupied. Yeah. So that could be an option too. Um, the interesting another... thing about the sports car program though as well is like BMW plays, I think, a very heavy role in, in who gets sure. those seats. So I, I, I know it's like, hey, maybe we can put our guys in the sports car stuff. But if you look at the drivers for the sports cars, like – those are very BMW connected folks. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it, it, it is what it is. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, another guy, uh, your former team that is uh, making some driver 
news headlines. Christian Ra- Christian Rasmussen, who was last year's yes. Indy Next champion, if I remember right, or this year's 2023. Yes. Um, he's going to be running the Road and Street courses plus the Indy 500. So that kind of answers what they're going to do for the most part with their second car. Then I think Ed Carpenter is going to be running the other oval races in the 20 as well. So that yes. car will be full-time but rotating drivers so uh what's your thoughts on that well it's just it's just back to you know back to how it used to be right like they um you know we we, i think uh obviously i don't want to comment on on what's going on there i don't know but obviously i think uh you know i i i'm still working with the bit now folks i know that uh there's probably going to be a scale back there um of, of what's going on but uh but realistically they have enough support there still to you know to have renus and to have uh, you know, Christian Rasmussen, which again, well-deserving driver. He's, he's he, the guy won the championship and we love to see the champions, you know, get a chance. Um, so yeah, just going back to the, the system, which was, you know, when I got in there, it was road and street courses in the 500. So it's a lot of races still. Like when you think about it, like that's a lot of races for, for Christian, uh, gives him a, a chance to drive. Um, and again, not going to comment on what that situation is going to be, uh, like, but uh, good for the champion. So again, I, I, I'll talk about that maybe more in 24, 2024. But uh, but good to see him uh, get a chance to drive, and and that's that's kind of how how we that, that's how the road to Indy works. It works, thankfully. You know what I mean? Like not it, it's we we put a champion with some scholarship money in a position. I was to say, drive yeah, the scholarship money obviously is going to be a bit huge for them. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's the scholarship the money isn't really enough but it's if you can compare if you pair that with some other things you know good for him you got two young guys at that team now uh you know they were looking for uh some senior leadership with ryan array obviously that didn't work uh but they they went with two young guys which again good drivers so let's let's see how it goes uh i'm excited for 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 christian i played pickleball with him he's a good dude good pickleball player too so uh so yeah so we'll, we'll see what happens there but uh, driver announcements are running fierce right now they're 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 all happening yeah um that's definitely more dominoes are falling and i'm assuming just as the weeks continue to click off the offseason that we're going to hear more stuff and uh yeah and and to me like there there's there's we still have the whole dale coin racing team we have no idea what's going on with, right so right. like there's there's definitely been some chatter at Dale Coin Racing. Um, you know, it, where's Roman Grosjean going? Grosjean actually called me this morning. I, I had a, a quick little chat with Grosjean uh, just to see what's going on in life. He called me uh, asking for something completely different, just just chatting. But uh, good to chat with Grosjean a little bit. Um, but very curious to see what happens with him. There there's there's rumors of stirring, and and let me tell you, it's uh, yeah. I I've, just keep your eyes peeled, and and it's I'm. I'm very curious to see how it plays out. So, lots going on. Experience the thrill of the racetrack like you're in the driver's seat with DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet on your favorite racers and feel the rush of every pass, pit stop, and victory like never before. Right now, new customers can turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Bet 5 on anything to score big, no matter what goes down on the track. It's the final race of the round of eight, and the Cup Series heads to the short track of Martinsville Speedway. There is so much at stake, so be sure to tune in to Dirty Mo Doe as they handicap the field and recommend bets to watch. With props, parlays, and more, there will be action to follow all race long. 
The racing action doesn't stop till a checkered flag drops. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and join with code SPEED. New customers can bet $5 to get 200 instantly and bonus bets. That's code SPEED. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. For state-specific disclaimers, check the show notes. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash autoracing for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. But yeah, to get to uh, some Homestead stuff, I, I, I think we had two big races going on this weekend. And again, as a race fan, I'm a race fan. I watch all racing, right? I watch the truck race. I watch the Xfinity race. I watch Formula One practices because that's what normal race fans, I believe, should be able to do. I enjoy motorsport. I'm going to watch it all. Uh, I still don't understand how we all can't watch it all or, or at least attempt to because we need to help the sport. <laughs> so we had a great truck race. I, I was watching because Marco Andretti was in, right? Marco mm-hmm. Andretti. Yep. Uh, it was his first oval oval truck race. Um, driver for the Spire team, uh, Spire slash, uh, I know Andretti's bought into that in some way. Um, I know he was pumped to do it. Homestead again, an amazing track. I, I think Homestead looks like a fantastic track. I was even watching the Xfinity qualifying, um, and like just watching those drivers fight the cars in qualifying. And, and I love seeing our boss, Dale Jr. Like try to qualify, and put that thing on the edge and like and just seeing all of that it just it, it looks for me it's it's great to watch you know you i i saw even my team uh emerling gase motorsports eg motorsports uh old patrick emerling slid that sucker in there and qualifying had one of the saves of the year uh still put the thing in the show thankfully um but uh it was you know, it, I think it's a fantastic track and i and why indycar is not there it just makes me sad uh, I, I don't think we have any, I don't think we're going to go there, sadly, in the near future. But in, in my dreams as a race fan, like, I don't know how many years left I have in IndyCar, but, uh, you know, I, I really hope I can do more NASCAR racing and Homestead's at the top of my list of tracks that I'd like to race on. Truck race was great. My team, Nice Motorsports, uh, they win again. Carson Osevar is on an absolutely strong, strong run. But fun fact, Marco Andretti and I now have the exact same finish on our first oval races, both of us finished P19 uh, in our huge. first mile and a half ovals. <laughs> uh, very, very funny how that worked. I was watching and following along. And I, you know, I'm like, hey, man, he had a nice, he tried to run it deep on that last stint and maybe get a yellow and get some new tires on for the end. The yellow didn't come. But uh, Marco and Ernie and I both both finishing with a solid, like finishing the top 20 on an oval there in a truck race. Again, That that's, that's from what I was told when I did it, that's a great effort. So... Uh, congrats to Marco on on a good day. Learned a ton, and he got zero practice. He got six laps of practice because it rained. So he got six more laps than I got before my Vegas race. <laughs> but uh, but good for him for doing that. That was really cool uh, to see, and he seemed like he enjoyed it. Again, that's that's an enjoyable form of racing for us to go to and and, and try out. Um, but yeah, Xfinity race I thought was great to watch there. The Cup race I thought was great to watch there. I mean. The cup race may be not as great as the Xfinity. I, I would say that the Xfinity and truck races, there's a lot, it looked like a lot more tire dig and a lot more challenges to drive. Mm-hmm. Whereas the cup race, I would say they were running very close to the wall, 
But I, I again, Christopher Bell won by like a mile, right? So mm-hmm. like that was you know not quite as close as the other races. <laughs> yeah, um, and Larson, I think the drama really kind of started the hike up when Larson absolutely just bent it coming into oh. the road. He was behind Blaney. That was you know like. The thing about Larson is I feel like he's done this in the playoffs the past few years. Like he gets he 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 bumps up the wins, he gets the playoff points, and then there's some race that he just makes a mistake and he just can't really recover. And here he has a win in the bank, luckily at Vegas. Um, but yeah, he just overcooked it and he, he was talking in his interview, he think that Blaney was like overslowing coming into it, but like I don't know if yeah. they looked at the data, but it's like I think he was already at pit road speed. Blaney was by the time he hit the line, so uh, I don't it know. It was an odd one. It yeah, was like, very I, odd. Yeah, yeah. Because also that is, I believe that's also one of the, like a, a racetrack's worst nightmare when when a driver hits those those barrels Just because exploded. some of them are usually filled with water, but mm-hmm. because of how crazy water can explode, they've gone with sand now. Clearly, yeah, and like. That's track's worst nightmare because you had right. they had to stop the race because there's yeah. sand everywhere. You got to find more because again, super dangerous part of the track, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't just have a car careening into the uh, just a a wall like a jackknife. Like, hey, I'm gonna split this car in half. So uh, again, pretty like track's worst nightmare. I did Kyle overcook it. Yes, but. I, I I I'm not really like sworn to that opinion. Like I, mm-hmm. I think Kyle Kyle gets after it as much as he can. I do think the the rate of speed at which he closed on Ryan Blaney uh was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those cars like having had to try to stop one at Daytona, like to come to pit lane, they're not awesome to stop. Like they are not awesome after you've mm-hmm. been hauling hauling butt around this oval for a long time and then you try to get on the brakes. They are hard to stop, so I'm not going to... And again, they're so heavy, too, that if you miss your break point by, like, three or four feet, your car is so heavy that it's still harder to stop, and that speed looks more than than it feels like when, when Kyle is coming at Ryan Blaney. So, hated to see that for Kyle, obviously. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it made the race... It was something that I was like, whoa, all right, this now changes up things in the race a little bit, so... Uh, wild to see, but definitely I wrote mm-hmm. that in my notes as uh, tracks tracks worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it does make for really cool slow motion clips. It's like the clips very good right, slow motion. Like clips, when they're yeah. getting ready to go to commercial, they're going to show Kyle gets slow motion the say exploding. So, um, it's entertaining at the least. <laughs> I think like back when like the big wrecks like Watkins Glen when they had those big old bear uh, barrels too of sand and it just explodes everywhere. So it's kind of satisfying to watch. But oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it was definitely different. Um. Actually, and also, I don't know if anyone remembers, but like Spencer Piggott hit the hit those hit that wall pretty hard at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but that was uh, he was driving for Ray Hall, I believe, a couple years ago, yes, the five hundred. And yeah. man, that was yeah, those are not good hits. So Kyle mm-hmm. Kyle's probably super pumped that he didn't hit it any faster. Right. Um, all right. Before we get to the uh, to our podiums from the weekend, there's a couple fun things to talk about from the podiums from the weekend. Um, and I know we mentioned a little bit about Logan Sargent, the F1. Maybe there's some Logan Sargent in, in my podium. Um, I wanted to talk about something with my young, young friend, Ben here. And I, again, I don't know if people saw this, but I I found this funny enough to talk about that. It had to make the show because again, Ben, you're a young man. And there was a list that came out recently and it was, I don't know. I thought it was a joke at first, but then it like ended up being on these like real like magazines and like 
real outlets of news uh, like it was a real thing. Again, this could be a joke, but it's a list of places women absolutely refuse to go on a first date to. Mm -hmm. And so apparently these were these were lists. So, Ben, are you in a relationship currently? I am. I'm freshly in a relationship. Yes. Well, did you take your date your did you let's let's see if you took your first date your first okay. date with your lady now i'm already have you off a couple places i think in mind that are going to be there but there might be some <laughs> wild ones so, so we'll here see if are the here are the 28 places that we uh are not allowed to take women on a first date and again okay, I'm, I'm very ready. happy in my relationship too so i'm glad i don't have to go through this again but number one on the list of places that you cannot take a first date guys listen up here apparently this is this is a crazy list for me, honestly. It's wild, but some of them I do get. The Cheesecake Factory. Cannot go to the Cheesecake oh, Factory. Specific. Okay, uh, number specific one on the places. List is okay. The Cheesecake okay. Factory. Okay. So no first dates at the Cheesecake Factory are allowed, according to the women okay. that were polled on this. Um, number two, Applebee's. Not allowed to go to Applebee's. So no yeah. first okay. dates at Applebee's. Okay. So no chain uh, restaurants so far. Chain, you know, sit down places. Zero. Uh, number three, Chili's. Can't go to Chili's. So okay. can't go to Chili's either. They got a great sampler, though. I, I've taken my lady, Amy, to a to a dinner at Chili's, but this is also on the Mid-Ohio Race Weekend where there was nothing really there. So right. we did have dinner together at Chili's. It was not a first date. But we Good happy hour. Great happy know. hour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number, four, number four, Chipotle. Chipotle is number four. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a bold move to take a year older on a date. I will say right. that's a bold move. Right, 100%. Uh, now, this one is surprising because I think this is a wonderful place. Number five on the list is Olive Garden. Cannot take a year old Olive Garden on a first date. I mean, free, I mean, unlimited breadsticks and salad. Yeah. I think that's a luxury. Yeah. Again, and then you get the, you can do the meal I where have you, a small buy, brain. you buy one and then you take it home, buy another exactly. one. Exactly. Like yeah. Okay. So, okay. D- don't, don't take your first date to Olive Garden. Uh, number six, the movies. We can't go to the movies anymore. Yeah. I have yeah. Gone, when I was yeah. a youth, when I was a young lad in the high school era, uh, you know, I, I I would say, hey, would you like to go to a movie with me? And they were like, absolutely, let's go to a movie together. Apparently, that's out. We're completely out on movie theaters now. Uh, that's a newer no one. Movies. I think that's I think that's a Gen Z thing because I've been told that's the worst spot because you can't talk. I that's guess. true. You can't, can't communicate. I mean, it so. makes sense. It, it does, does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Number seven, your house. So no first dates at the house. Okay. I mean, I, I get it. That's probably a bold move, probably too strong of a move. We don't trust anyone anymore either, so don't just go to someone's house. Right, right. Uh, number eight, any fast food chain. Any fast food chain is out, so we can no McDonald's, no Burger King. Honestly, that one does make sense. Let's treat yeah. let's treat yep. these women with respect, but we're not taking them to a fast food chain. Uh, number nine, Buffalo Wild Wings. Ooh, okay. Number ten, wing stop. So no wing places apparently. No, no it wing gets places. Messy. Are it gets messy. If you do, you go for the boneless, no bone in. So you know we're trying to keep it classy. Exactly. We got to wear white. We don't, I don't want to wear a bib on my first date. Right. Know? I want to put that bib on to to catch any <laughs> right. buffalo sauce. Uh, number eleven, Red Lobster. Can't go to Red Lobster. Now I have okay. never been to a Red Lobster, so I I don't know. Can't comment on that. Uh huh. Uh, have you been to a Red Lobster? I've been to, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm personally not a fan, but I'm sketchy about seafood. So okay, fair. Seafood destroyed my stomach in Colombia. Um, number twelve, a buffet. <laughs> don't, don't go to a buffet <laughs> on a first date. Where can you even go to a buffet now? I don't know. That's, I didn't know there were buffets still yeah. out there. Like one of those. Uh, there was a restaurant on the north side of India. I forget what it was called. But it was a buffet. 
but I uh, thought it was for like the elderly. Like I, I didn't, I, I didn't know like that it sizzler. was like a, a sizzler. Is sizzler a buffet? I don't yeah, know. I think so. I like golden. Okay, no buffets yeah. allowed yep, on yep. a first date. I mean, that makes sense too. I wouldn't. Yeah. I that that's yeah. fair. Uh, Fourteen Denny's. Don't go to Denny's on a first date. Also makes sense. I I, yep. I get it. I mean, look, Denny's has a great breakfast program. But I would never want to throw shade at Denny's. Uh, I know my girlfriend Amy, little not a not opposed to Denny's. Um, number fifteen, and this one again, fifteen and sixteen are interesting. I don't I, I don't think I've seen first dates here. Uh, the gym and church. So don't don't take your first dates in the gym or the house of the Lord. Apparently. Okay, I, okay, yeah, I, yeah. The gym. I'm not going on a date to the gym. I'm gonna smell like butts. I'm gonna I'm gonna sweat my face <laughs> right. off like. It's, I'm not going to, we're not going to the, we're not I going feel to the like gym. Going to the gym too. Like you said, you're sweaty. And like, if you're trying to push some weight, you're kind of at your weakest part that you really don't want to yeah. like show just yet. So it's just a comfort thing. So that's I, I tough. Can see that. Church, you know, you know, religious things are, can be sensitive on a first date. So I understand that. Yeah. 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 And then, so the next two are basically the same thing. Uh, Starbucks and coffee dates. So can't do Starbucks oh, and coffee dates. I don't understand that at all. I, I, I love that coffee. one. I don't, I don't get Starbucks is fine, but if you want to go to like a local coffee shop, that's like the perfect first date. And they got great vibes there. They might right. have cool little scenery, some nice music mm-hmm. and some stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, I, does it say why, or does it just give the list? Nope. There's no why, okay. obviously, well, because some of these are we're insane. Gonna, we're going to pretend that one is on there. Some of them are understandable now that I'm reading yep. through them. Uh, yep. Ice cream dates. Can't do ice cream yep. dates. I've been, yep, I've been told that as well. Not for the first one, at least. Yeah, All right, not no, uh, no ice cream on the first date. I, I obviously have diabetes, so I'm not a big ice cream yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number twenty, family functions. Don't do, don't do family Terrible functions idea. as a first date. Yeah, yeah I, not, I completely agree with that one. Yeah. That's that's uh, you know, keep that straight. Uh, and this one kind of goes with earlier things, but movie night, Netflix, Hulu, etc. So you can't go to the movie theater and don't watch a movie anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So basically nowhere where it gets quiet and there's other chatter going on. I, I guess yeah. that makes sense. But hey, what if there's a good film on? I don't know. What if there's something great on Netflix to watch? Maybe there's a uh, you're watching the the Murdoch trials. I don't know. Maybe you're watching some sort of weird serial killer documentary and mm-hmm. you have like hey we're we're locked in on this and that's a four-part thing you're now there for six hours i don't know it's i i get it i get it you know i i like the i like the positivity with that i guess you know i'm not gonna i'm <laughs> not gonna great say movies out sometimes yeah i'm sure you know you're gonna be watching it the whole time locked in oh yeah, yeah. locked locked 100 <laughs> uh getting to the end of the list here soon uh number 22 somewhere that requires a long drive I get it. No yeah. one wants to be in the car for more than 30 to 45 minutes trying to get somewhere, especially if, I mean, if you're picking the young lady up or it doesn't matter what age uh, she is, uh, as long as it's an adult, we're all adults here. Actually, I mean, kids, I'm sure kids are taking on first dates. It's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah as long school, as kids are taking you know. kids on first dates, we're, you know, we, we, we respect the laws and let's be right. not, let's not be weird. Um, but somewhere that requires a long drive either for you or if you're driving her, mm-hmm. That could be, that's tough because you know, it's just anticipation and you got to be creating conversation. And I, I understand it. I get it. So and I don't think, you dare take someone on a long drive date. I think that's a good, that's a good point too. And I think my rule of thumb is first date, unless you like already know each other well, you drive separate. You don't really, unless they like Fair. really need a exactly. ride, you drive separate just because it, it yeah. you know, allows each person to be able to, maybe they know, don't have a vehicle. Move themselves if they to, need yeah. to. Right. 
so the next next three, uh, I, we're going to pair them together. Bowling, nightclubs, or the hookah bar? Don't go to bowling, nightclubs, or the hookah bar. I think um, bowling would be a great first date. Are you funny. kidding me? I, yeah. yeah, what's wrong with bowling? My, my no girlfriend bowling. actually wants to go bowling with me. So, like, I, I have yeah. not taken her bowling yet. Maybe we're going to go bowling now. I, but again, yeah. I guess I get it. But I I mean, that's like an activity where you can like talk and there's music. Maybe it's like the Cosmic Bowl where you have like the right. lights and like the techno music is 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 Just don't hammering. order wings if you're there. Don't that's order wings big, at no, the bowling no, alley. Don't. Yeah. Um, I uh, nightclubs. Like, yeah, nightclubs and hookah yeah. bars I get. I mean, that's just, those are grungy yeah. places. Like, look, we're right. some, you're, that, there's different motives there. That's not a date. That's like, hey, like, this is, that's not a date. That's like, right. a, that's an aggressive, that's an aggressive attack on your, on your, right. on your, on your, on you. That's like, hey. I'm I'm coming after you for the wrong reason. So mm-hmm. don't so don't mm-hmm. trust those guys that are that are taking you there. Um 26, 27, and 28. Interesting. A bar just for drinks. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I feel like though, if you tell people like, hey, let's go get a drink together, like that seems that's maybe, pretty cash. Yeah. Now again, some people don't drink. That's fine. Uh-huh. Maybe have some soda water. Uh, but like it's still a social activity, right? It's a, maybe there's a fun bar, maybe there's a fun thing. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty-seven is Waffle House. Uh, makes sense. I uh, I was gonna, man. I was really hoping that was not gonna go. Dang, Waffle House dang. is on the board. I'm a big Waffle House guy. Yeah, I I I also think Waffle House is a tremendous establishment. So I am mm-hmm. not really sure why that's on, on the Sunday. list. Yes. Now again, for a first date, yeah. I hope she might if she understands you're a funny guy and like. I don't know that for a first date going to Waffle House that would be bold would be bold I did notice that Waffle House commented on this post this is on this is the complex Instagram page I don't know how I saw this but someone posted this Um, and it's funny because a lot of these restaurants if you go to the complex Instagram page again it has like 185,000 likes but a lot of it it has 15,000 comments it's very funny because all the restaurants like Shake Shack commented, they're like, we're in the clear. Dave and yeah. Buster's is like, looks like we're all in act. Like, a lot of great yeah. comments. Uh, the last one on the list is sports events. So we can't go to sports events. I, mm. Which, that one is the is the biggest red flag for me. Like, why not? If you're, yeah. like, well, if she's obviously not into the sport, I understand. Right. right. If you're trying to say, hey, let's go sit, you know, in the rafters of the Pacer game, and she's like, I've literally never seen a basketball game. I don't even like the sport. That's tough. That's a tough one. Right. So yeah, I I, think, I, I I understand it, but it's also like it's still a social activity. You can go there, get a bit of popcorn, maybe watch some stuff that you know don't normally see, some sporting activities. So that's see, a bit it's odd. usually if you, unless you go to like a racing event, which would be a, again a bold uh, deal to go on first day. Racing but you can talk. Be usually doesn't day. get too yeah. loud. Um, if you do it indoor, it's AC slash heated, so you can get out of the weather if you know you're going on a little winter date or <laughs> what have you. Um. Is there is there more? Is that it? That's it. The list is over. So that that is it. Uh, what do you think? And where did you take your lady on your first date? So um, I think the beginning I'm okay with. So basically, what we're saying here is don't go to any chain or franchise restaurant. Which you know, basically, you can't be cheap. Understand? I was gonna say can't yep. be cheap. Can't but, be cheap. Um, I am personally on the fact. But not everyone's of- got the money to live li- like. We're not, right. We can't just go to crazy, you know, like some expensive sushi restaurant every night. Like, goodness me. 
Yeah, I mean, I th- now again, I some of this does make sense though. <laughs> yeah, I think I think once you get to it, it's just the problem is is once you get through all those, what what is there left to do? That's like, true. I mean, you listed are twenty eight activities here. Yeah, twenty eight like activities. No-nos. So we're talking. We got parks. Um, I didn't see anything about concerts. Didn't see anything um, about concerts. Yeah, which is, yep. I mean, what's the difference between going to a concert and a sporting event? I think that's true. Similar. You're going to sit places. There's stuff going on. You can pay attention. You cannot pay attention. So um, that is, I don't know. It, they they were fine in the first half. The second half started to fall apart, which I guess they run out of things when they go with that many. Um, my girlfriend and I, we met through a mutual friend or her. She's best friends with uh, my friend's girlfriend. So we met there. And then I think we went to a pizza restaurant. Okay. Um, it was not I'm actually a, was, surprised the pizza place like wasn't on the list. Like, don't go to a pizza place. Yeah, yeah, and it was local, lo- local place. So that's good. And she All brought right. her dog, so it was dog friendly. The dog liked me. That went well. And then we walked around the little downtown area. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah, See, that's good. Was, yeah. There what you go. You? What did you and Amy do? Oh, well, I mean, first official date. For, I guess now you guys kind of knew each other for a little bit. But oh, that's even of. hard to say. I probably I uh, I would say the first date was technically like a. A dinner and a nightclub. <laughs> oh, but my buddy was DJing. Dead Mouse was playing, so I I didn't follow this list. We had a nice uh, dinner though, very nice dinner, mm-hmm. and, and it was not at a Waffle House. It was not okay. at a Sizzler. It was not at a, a, a Olive Garden. Uh, it was a very nice restaurant. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I paid because I'm a gentleman. Uh, and and then we went to see my friend play music. So again, that probably I think that's acceptable. I, I think it's acceptable. I think that fits in the list. As long as she had a good time, and I think the the good thing about this is you had a clear plan, it had intention of what you guys are doing. Like we're gonna do this. I'm a planner. I'm a big planner. That's I'm good. Like, hey, uh, had to set the uh, make it happen. Uh, gentlemen, hold the doors. Uh, you know, pull the chairs out, sit her down. All that said, take the coats. Right. All right. that said, you got to be a gentleman these days. So Absolutely. I think I think people respect that. Uh, it yeah. only took a few years after that for her to actually date me, but. We made it. We you know, made you it. We played put the long game. We put long-term in the investment. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Exactly. Yeah, you got to make done. a good first yeah. impression, and I Absolutely. think that's what I was able to do. Let's get to our podium here before we get yes. to uh, a great interview with Benjamin Peterson. Uh, I really wanted to get through that though because I thought that was hilarious. Please let us know what you think about that list. Speech and if you haven't seen it, uh, I might just it might yeah. just be a joke. But it's a very funny joke, and my goodness, does it put put a lot of pressure on those folks trying to get out on first dates. It does. Um, so we talked about this a little bit. P3 for me on the podium for the weekend um, is Logan Sargent. Uh, Logan Sargent, friend of the show. If you haven't listened to his episode with us, please do. More towards the beginning of the year before his first Formula 1 season really began. Um, again, finished 12th on track, right? But... This was an event that I think everyone was looking forward to seeing him do well at home Grand Prix, Austin, Texas. I mean, just last year at Austin, Texas, Logan and I were just sitting at the Williams Hospitality, and I was like, you think you got the ride next year? And he's like, I think so. I'm like, all right, let's go, baby. Like, let's get after it. Um, so what an incredible experience for him to, to get a great race. Because, again, Alex Albon finished 11th. He finished 12th. Boom, you're right with your teammate. It's not like Alex Albon was sixth and he was twelfth. Yeah. The the cars clearly had a you know similar level of performance, and Alex did Alex did everything he could do, and Logan did everything he could do. Then you get two cars DQ'd. You got uh, 
Charles Leclerc DQ'd and Lewis Hamilton DQ'd, boom, we're in the points. And again, this stuff can happen, but you have to be in the position to take advantage of, of you know, when things like that happen. If, you know, if, if only one car would have got DQ'd, it still would have been a great day for him finishing 11th, but yeah. at a point, scoring a point in Formula One is a huge deal. Uh, and, and I actually did not realize that Scott Speed did not score any points in Formula One. I, I did not realize that because Logan is the first American since Michael Andretti to score points, which is, wow. it's a wild statistic. It's, it's sad, honestly, because I know, uh, Alex Rossi was never going to score points in that freaking Marussia car that he was driving. That thing was a bucket of bolts. Uh, I was there. I saw it with my eyes. Um, but, uh, great to see for Logan. A lot of great and positive response. Uh, I do like what that team has has supported him with the the, the words of encouragement from all of his guys too on the on the uh, on their social media channels. Uh, it, it seems like Logan does have a bit of respect uh, in that paddock, which I which I think is great. Um, so I was really pumped for him. So that so that was that was P three for me on the list there. Yeah, I was gonna say I appreciate them like being really encouraging on social media, and I know when he had to retire because he was overheating sick um, back in Qatar. Like that's. <laughs> They were really supportive of him, which is really nice to see. Because hopefully, exactly, you know that that means they're gonna give him some more time in that seat. Cause he's only gonna get better. So I hope um, so. Yeah, that was awesome to see. Uh, P three for me, sticking on the F one topic. Uh, Daniel Ricardo was back in the race um, after he Rick. broke his hand, which was good. But he, I don't know if you've ever, if you, I know you follow part of my take on Barstool, but he went on Sunday conversation with Caleb oh, Presley. Very that, funny. And I just watched it a couple of days ago with my roommate, and I was laughing so hard because he could not keep a straight face. He was just smiling the other time, the whole time. Uh, that so was I found great. That very entertaining. And I think they had like, it was like Daniel Ricardo's honky talk or whatever that they were like doing out in Austin or somewhere. Oh, yeah. And they Daniel had like all loves the branding Austin. and stuff. Oh, it was so funny. So I was glad to see he's um, still in good spirits. Yeah, Daniel's a great dude. I texted him uh, last week and said, hey, man, just pumped to have you back. And, uh, and he sent me a big thank you with a cowboy emoji. So he's uh, he was ready. <laughs> he was ready to get after it in Austin. He loves it. I can't wait to see mm. him in Las Vegas. Uh, we're gonna. Uh, I believe we have. Uh, I believe we are trading helmets, and I owe him a bottle of bourbon. So might have a Daniel Ricardo helmet to add to the collection if uh, if I remember correctly. And we all uh, you know if we, we all agree on what we were going to agree on. So I'm I'm pumped for that. Uh, but either way, it's going to be great to see him. Maybe try to get um, him so on the yeah. show in the future. I would love maybe. to try to get him on the show. Awesome. Maybe I'll try to just record a nice little audio clip. Yeah, please um, do. But, uh, but yeah, great dude. Uh, love to see that. Um, all right, P2 on my list is the Andretti Formula 1 team that is mm-hmm. being pushed for. I, I know we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but a lot is coming out, and a lot of people are throwing around a lot of comments about it. There's a lot of just wild stuff going on, and it's just, so much of it, I, I I actually it's it's physically, and I actually was talking with this uh, you know with someone about this at the gym this morning. I physically cannot believe that there is so much like anti Andretti to Formula One mm-hmm. from the folks in Formula One. Now, I understand there's hundreds of millions of dollars in play there that I I'm just I I don't even know what a million dollars looks like. So hundreds of millions of dollars, like man, that'd be sweet. Um, but. If you want your sport to grow, if you add cars for fans to be a fan of and like add elements to the sport, new drivers, new partners, new owners, new team stuff, grow it. It I, I don't I, I don't know how that is a bad thing. Now again, it is. 
someone could explain to me like, well, every team loses $150 million. And I was like, well, that's a lot of money. But like, how long do you lose that money for? Like when, when, like maybe it's actually going to be a good thing in the long run. I don't know. I, I see it being a good thing. Uh, I obviously am not the smartest person in the world. Um, but I do love to hear that Andretti has apparently constructed a Formula One car already and mm -hmm. have run it in the wind tunnel already. Like, that's awesome. Like, Andretti is is coming in here to try to do this and do it properly. And man, like, you got to respect that. Like, if, mm -hmm. if there's this much effort being put in already, like, how can you how can you deny them that opportunity? Like, I, I just, I find it astounding that you would refuse. I mean, I just remember not too many years ago, I grew up in this era where like, yeah, let's have HRT and Man Armor Russia, all these like two awful teams get into Formula One who could barely produce cars that ran. But again, think of what HRT actually created. You know who drove at HRT before he drove at Red Bull Racing? Daniel Ricciardo. You know who drove at Man Armor Russia? Well, Max Chilton before he got the IndyCar and Alex Rossi, like th this, this provides a whole other opportunity for uh, just so much. So I, I don't, I don't understand how you could not want to do this. Uh, and, and I don't see, how, I, again, there's numbers behind it where I'm sure you could fight it 50, 50, but let's just, it's so anti-American still. It's, it's, it's astounding. Mm -hmm. Everyone in Formula One, the whole Formula One, like, and again, I, I'm saying this, I'm going to commentate at the Las Vegas Formula One race. Like, I love a lot of the people that I've met in Formula One, but sadly, there is still this, uh, you know, there's still this anti-American type thing. Again, we'll go to America, we'll take all their money, we'll go do these events and take all the fans' money, but like, mm, if you really want to get involved, like, eh, I don't know. So, again, I hope that we uh, see this happen because, again, I, I love what Andretti's doing. I think it's awesome. I think it's a huge a huge step forward for for them and and taking you know this this attempt to be in Formula One very seriously. Yeah, and like the amount of money they probably made from all the American initiatives with like I mean look at what they just did this past week with like all of them like you said they had like this media takeover where they just spread across the U.S. to promote the race and Vegas is still coming up like you said and you're going to be there. Um, and like I just I I find it hard to believe that if viewership is already increasing over the past few years for the Americans, if you get an American team, you get more viewership watching the race. Doesn't that I benefit agree. everybody? Like that's a huge and it's the marketing. name. Like, come yeah. on, everyone in the world knows the right. name. I, maybe not everyone, but like a large percentage. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that is frustrating, but hopefully they, they keep at it and they are, um, to get their bid. So, um, but P2 for me, how I about have... you? Yeah. My Minnesota Vikings beat the Niners last night, Monday Night Football, or sorry, um, Monday Night Jeez. Football, not last night, but two nights ago. Um, we have a glimmer of hope, which is crazy. It's crazy. My sports have been down recently, Dude, and we have I literally, something. I had, I had money on the 49ers. Oh, everything about yeah, NFL about betting, everything about NFL betting over the weekend, by the way, and, and you, this might be foreign language to a lot of people. That was disgusting. What was going on? The Lions got mm -hmm. destroyed. The 49ers mm -hmm. got absolutely just destroyed Brock Purdy like an looked like an amateur. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know what was happening in the NFL over the weekend, but everything, all the all the people were wrong. Everyone was yep. wrong. Everyone lost money, I think, because we just how do you it's just crazy. So again, good teams all of a sudden sucked and the sucky teams all of a sudden were good. Interesting. So again, congrats yeah. to your Viking. I watched that whole game. 
Thank you. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was very reluctant the entire time. I'm like, this would be a great way to lose. And then we can just continue to try to get a draft pick. We got some guys <laughs> yeah. we could trade, but now I'm like... But now you're back in it. Now I'm conflicted. I'm like, I don't know what I want. So I'm just going to let it happen and not think too much into it. So That is fair. That is fair. Uh, all right. We are uh, moving to number one on the list. And I and I know it's going to sound wild that this this takes number one over the Andretti Formula One and Logan Sargent. But uh, ribeyes for me are number one. Ribeyes. Uh, ribeye steaks. Um if if you've known me for a long time, uh, I went vegan for a little while at the end of 2017, and people made fun of me for it a lot. Uh, Pat McAfee, the Pat McAfee show, they they made fun of me for it a lot. I brought in uh, a bunch of veggie sandwiches to all of them one day in their office, uh, which was kind of funny. Um, but uh, but I I was really only vegan until like the beginning of 2018. It was like a six month adventure. But st- people still to this day, because of what Pat McAfee said and like all this stuff. People still ask to this day if I was if I'm vegan, and like I even had someone ask me uh, just two days ago, yes, hey, like you're vegetarian. Right? I'm like, no, I'm not. But uh, but I was really only eating fish for a very long time. I was like pescatarian. So sure. now, like I've like, hey, I'm gonna try to have more protein in my life. I, I'm not really sticking to the pescatarian diet. I'm not. I'm just. I'm eating well, but I'm eat. I'm not limiting myself. Uh, like I'm gonna have. And I had a ribeye steak at ribeye. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, uh, at at Prime Forty Seven downtown, uh, and oh my gosh, it was so good! I was like my first ribeye steak in like six years, so wow, it was it was so delicious. Uh, I oh man, wild to think what I've been missing out on. So uh, so that was delicious. Hands up, ribeyes were great. Are you a sauce or no sauce guy? Do you use a one? No or sauce. No, 50, I, no I, sauce. Okay, it was you good enough the steak to just for what it is. Yep. Get in me. Yep. Yeah, yeah, good. Get in me. Good. Yeah, no, I um, I'm a, also a big steak enjoyer. When I went to the 500 a few years ago, I had St. Elmo's, and that was uh, I think I got the fillet, and that was very solid. Um, but next time if I'm ever in India, I might have tried Prime 47 because Joey it also seems like he's a big fan of that place. So, oh yeah, very good. Um, cool. Well, P1 for me. Uh, this is gonna go back to relate to our date conversation that we just had. Um, I want to shout out the couple that found my girlfriend's car keys that we she lost on our oh. hike on Saturday. <laughs> So we drove, we broke a few rules. I mean, it wasn't our first date, obviously, but yep, we drove about two and a half hours to this hiking mountain area. No um, long drives on the first date, man. No Remember, long drive. No long I mean, we broke, we broke a lot of things. <laughs> so we, uh, we go there and we, you know, hike probably took like 45 minutes or so. We get up to the top and she attached the keys to her dog, which was interesting. Oh, dear. A backpack and they weren't there. So we, you know, go like a quarter of the way down the mountain, couldn't find them, go back up, check out the view, and then we head back down. And luckily, there's a couple right at the bottom of the trail that was in front of the map that had the keys. And they were like, yep, we had a couple that gave it to us. And then we went up and then went back down. So thank you to whoever they were. We didn't get their names. But that could have been very catastrophic, trying to figure out how to unlock your car. Um, and then the nearest town was like, probably would have been like a 50-minute drive down the mountain. Cool. So. Tough yeah. day. Glad we had the yeah. good citizens of the world. Right. <laughs> yes. Very thankful um, for them. Well, all right. That was cool. Uh, glad we got to talk about a lot of that stuff. Great episode today. Let's get to Benjamin Peterson. Great interview coming up right now. Well, fantastic listeners of this program. Today we have a great guest, another fantastic guest, uh, an IndyCar driver. We are back to having an IndyCar driver on on the show. Uh, a man who is uh, an Indy Lights, Indy NXT uh, race winner, uh, many, many time podium visitor. Uh, and a man who qualified in the Fast 9 for the Indy 500 this year, uh, or the Fast 
the faster part of the field, the very fast part of the field. Benjamin Peterson for AJ Foyt Racing. Uh, how's it going, pal? You doing all right? Good. Thank you for that very fine introduction. Um, good to see you. And uh, but yeah, excited to be on the show and, and talk IndyCar. Absolutely. We uh, we have you know it's it's the off season for us, right? So it's it's we 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 have gone a little bit, but without talking to an IndyCar driver, we wanted to have you on the show. Um, I mean, a lot happened this year, but let's start out, I guess, before that, a little bit pre IndyCar, because you know the 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 year that you had, we 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 all know. I know how it goes. It's tough. It's tough to get into this game, but on your way up through the road, right, the road to Indy, right, that ladder system. Um, how did you find, how did you find that journey? When did you realize like, Hey, being an IndyCar driver, this is possible. Like I got, I'm, I'm seeing, we're seeing the right things. We're seeing the right signs. You're, you're talking to the right people. You're working with guys like Jonathan George, who, again, I work, I, I, I think he's a very, very smart guy. He understands how to, you know, see talent. When, when did that kind of start to visual, like start to that, that, that road, start to visualize for you and you're like hey this is a possibility yeah i mean i i think it really started when i um came from england i'd raced two years in british f3 in uh, 2019 2020 and then um decided to come over to, to what was indy lights at the time now indy next as everyone knows um and yeah i would say when when i started in indy next in in 21 um that was kind of the first glimpse of you know we're close to IndyCar, you know, we're sharing weekends, um, going to the same tracks. The car is, you know, big step compared to an F3 car. It's, it's much closer to an Indy car. Um, but obviously it was still, you know, at that time I was a rookie in Indy lights and, um, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of new things for me and, and a much more fast, you know, much faster car. And, um, but yeah, regardless, still finished fifth in, in my rookie a year in, in, in Indy next. Um, and then I would say really started to become um, an IndyCar reality during my second year of Indy Next. Um, you know, same team with HMD, um, and um, you know started to have a lot more podiums. Had a win that year as well. Um, we were able to, you know, I would say already beginning of that year we started a lot of talks with with IndyCar teams, um, with my management company and. And a lot of people around me helping with that process. And um, AJ Foy was was a big potential at the time. So <clears throat> really fortunate to, um, like you said, be working with Jonathan George, who at that time was also working with Kyle Kirkwood, who was at AJ Foy. Um, so yeah, really fortunate that uh, Larry let me kind of be a part of the team uh, when I was still, you know, driving in Indy Next. And uh, I would actually do the, the races on Sunday and then, run over to to the IndyCar side and, and be a part of their race uh, on the climbing stand with Floyd and Kyle and Jonathan George. Um, so it's just very, very natural. They they kind of took me under their wing, uh, even when there was no contract signed or anything, and, and let me be a part of it, knowing that there was a future there. And um, and now we're, yeah, now we're here at the end of the, the season last year, rookie, rookie year in IndyCar, and um, excited for, for next year. Yeah, I mean that's 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 it's a it's a great story because obviously once you start finding that success that you had in Indy Indy NXT Indy Lights, I still keep calling it Indy Lights. I like calling it Indy Lights, but I it's Indy with NXT. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but there's there's a system there that you get into Foyt, right? Understand that hey, 
you've got because I believe when you sign that deal, right? It's it's a there's there's a future to it, right? We're not it's not just hey prove yourself in your rookie year. We got a little bit of time to grow. And right. I like that you did the two years of India NXT because again, that's something that I did throughout my career. You know, two years of the Pro Mods at the time. Then we did two year, three years of F three, and like just kind of getting going up and learning, making sure you build your build your level of experience. But this year in IndyCar, boy, it started off with a bang. Uh, like <laughs> literally, uh, that was uh, you. Both of us started in the back. I happened to avoid I a crash. You, you were happened next to, to me. Be, yeah, <laughs> we were both. That. We both yeah. had wonderful qualifying sessions, but uh, wow. I mean, starting the year like that, right? Huge impact. Like that was a big. That was a you. That was ouch, painful. Yeah, car explosions, all kinds of stuff. How difficult was that to be like? Well, all right, that wasn't the greatest <laughs> thing in the world, but we're we got to get yeah. get right back into it at at the highest level with all these you know incredible drivers and teams you know at at, at the next race. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's funny you're you're starting the year with such you know positive attitude. Oh yeah, here we go, excitement! Like let's get yeah. let's we all everyone's yeah. happy. And and literally, my only goal that race was just do every race lap. Get the experience, you know, that's that's a big part of your rookie year to Oh yeah. You know, understand how it's a huge jump from any series I've gone in terms of race distance. Now we have strategy, right? As you know. Um, so really my goal was just to finish a race. So um to be out of the race already three three corners in was a big bummer in that regard with the goal. But um, you know, it was one of those things it was such a freak accident. There are so many sequence of events that built to it many things out of my control I, I obviously was completely blind when i came around the corner and um you know i what was, it was too like you were I, right I, next I, to I was a very I, I happened to choose the right lane that's all yeah I, I yeah i saw some things and reacted and again you were already going faster than me so it's hard to, yeah well it, it's hard to see stuff there but but yeah to answer your question i mean i i know what i'm capable of and um you know it's no secret that at our team with AJ, we're a little bit behind with with where we're at with setup and what we have access to with dampers. So um, obviously, I, I know. Um, obviously, we didn't have a car that qualified inside, you know, top ten or anything like that. So um, we were just trying to get the experience and, and get the season underway. But um, you know, I, I know when the car is there, we were able to be up front and and just continue developing. So. Moving on was was pretty relatively easy. It was just more so frustrating to start the year like that. But um, but yeah, you know we had many good promising points throughout the season, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into. And uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I want to get into that. Like I, 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 we we talked about it on our season review. We did a little season review uh, document, and I actually I didn't realize this because I I had a uh, my Texas race was disgusting. It was like I have no <laughs> idea what I was driving. That was just a an awful experience. But you had a great Texas race. Like I, I, I think people will need to give you yeah. a lot more credit for what you you finished thirteenth there, I believe, right? And that yep. is that is Sounds not right. easy to do in this, in this era right now of Texas. Like Texas is a difficult track. If you don't have the car in the window, I mean, you see plenty of good drivers at the back who are just struggling. Uh, sure. I mean, all of us at at the ECR camp struggled. Renus had a decent day, I think. I'm not really sure what happened there, but uh, but like both Ed and I struggled. You had the Ray Hall cars back there struggling. You had all kinds of people struggling, but you you had a great day there. Like just again, no mistakes, solid, and and that yeah. had to make you feel good. Like finishing thirteenth, like hey, 
that's actually great in IndyCar nowadays. Like if you're finishing in that top half, that top third, really great. Yeah. that's that's a good that's a good day. For sure. Um yeah, I mean I, I was pretty fortunate with Texas that, you know, it's it's no secret we had very good super speedway cars this year. Um yes. <laughs> te- Texas was my first ever super speedway, so I had my my rookie orientation there. Um it was actually really crazy. I remember the the orientation. It was so so windy um, to the point where you know many people were considering it's actually not safe to let a bunch of rookies out there <laughs> to have their orientation. But we we went That's on with tough. it. That's tough. The wind is your enemy. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but like I said, and and as you know, um, we we had a very good car there. Um, honestly, from the orientation, so it it made my life a lot easier. Um, but for the race, there was a lot of unknowns for me personally, um, being my first super speed. I didn't really know how close you could get to people when you're going that fast. Texas is a, a very challenging racetrack, as you know, with, with the high line. You can't really run there and, until it kind of somewhat develops. Yeah, um, I spun up there. Didn't crash, yeah. but I spun. You I almost killed me. Practice, yeah, you were right behind pra- me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in practice, Thank you, you for not I, hitting I me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, I could tell your I, car was fast right then and there, by the way. I could tell you were happy with it. Right. Um, now that I think about it, we've actually been around each other a lot this year uh, yeah. on the racetrack. But I don't know if that's a great thing or not. It doesn't sound no, great, but it's all right. No, <laughs> no. Um, you guys are pretty fast at the speedway. But anyways, back to, to the super speedway. We had a very good car. And um, again, honestly, the, the goal was just to finish that race. Tex- Texas was still early in the year. And, and back yeah. to my St. Pete goal was just to finish the race and um yeah that that was a really good result um and and obviously a, a good transition or or a good knowledge knowing that we would likely have a good good car going to to indy 500 um i i, I vividly remember at texas michael cannon um our chief engineer from the team saying one of my favorite it, people of all yes time. <laughs> great great guy um when we were at texas and and we were pretty quick i don't i think we qualified inside top 12 top 15 for sure he I remember him vividly saying, "We'll be fine at the speedway because we didn't have all the aero things or all upgrades the bits. we needed. You need all Texas. the small things for the speed. Yeah. yeah, we didn't have those things at Texas, and we were still very fast. And I remember Michael saying, "We're going to be good for the speedway because we're going to have all those things." Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then I mean that's a good transition into the Indy 500, right? Um, we sh- we show up at the Indy 500 uh, month of May and. And the thing is just really fast right from the start and um back to michael cannon you know i his his way of knowing how the whole month goes it, it was pretty special to be a part of we we would start the month with a pretty safe car with downforce he would tell me you know we're going to trim a little bit more today but we've made the right compensations to keep the balance exactly the same it's going to feel the same but you're going to go faster and and it was literally that's what happened um you know come come you know, last practice day before qualifying, um, I remember him saying, you know, we're going to do a couple changes. This is what it's going to do to the car. We have to do it if we want to be competitive. There's there's no choice. And I, I just said, whatever you got to do, just put it on the car. And um, sure enough, it, it went quicker. Behavior was very similar. And it's just pretty, pretty special to be with someone that has so much knowledge of what to do and didn't second guess himself. It made my life very easy. Um, that day, I think before Fast 12, um, I think there's another practice session, if I remember correctly. There's that. Um, they have that little morning session if you want to yeah, do it. Yeah, we were flying. I think that was one of the fastest runs of the whole month. 
I, I yeah, think you the did first like two thirty five zero. I think right, like two correct. like something absurd. It was a, a two thirty five zero, two thirty four eight, two thirty four six, and then they made me bail on the last lap to kind of not show what we actually could do. Well, that's um, you showed everything. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> we but, um, everyone was like, oh. So that was that was a really fast run. Unfortunately, we missed just a little bit during the fast twelve with with adding a little downforce when we were on the grid. I don't think we should have done that, but <clears throat> easy to say in hindsight, right? And um, but yeah, excited for for this coming year with with Indy five hundred again, and um, sounds like we're gonna have even more upgrades. The hybrid's gonna be really interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just gonna be such a different experience going into year two, knowing what the car is like. Um, you know, it's it's funny, even though you've raced at all the tracks pretty much last year in in Indy Next, um, it takes a lot of adapting to drive the indie car at the tracks because it's so different strategy tires um so, so you know it's gonna be a completely different experience going into year two as, as you know oh yeah yeah yeah. ben i know you have something for benjamin <laughs> yeah ben and benjamin um so just like you were kind of talking about with the 500 and how you and santino had really good qualifying runs um like what's that like trying to you know your rookie year and santino hadn't ran a full-time year in a few years at this point so just like like you two finding the confidence to kind of like guide the team in the direction, you know, setup wise and what you want out of the car. Like what was that kind of difficult for you? And do you feel like it's gonna get easier in the second year? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, it's I, I would say at an oval, that's one of the more pronounced um tracks compared to a street circuit where if you have a really good car, it just makes your life a lot easier. Whereas oh, if, yeah. if you if you have a poor car on an oval, it's it's so hard to make up for it. You can be you know, one of the best drivers on the whole grid and struggling to get out of your own way. Um, so in that regard, it, it made it very easy for Santino and I. I, I think, you know, any driver on the grid with, with the caliber of, of IndyCar drivers could, could get in, you know, one of our cars and, and kind of get close to what we were doing. It's it's so much car dependent in all, in all honesty, um, just with how high the caliber is. But you know that, that's the thing. Some some teams are extremely good on certain types of tracks. Some are good everywhere. Some are you know um, good only on street courses or or permanent road courses. So that's kind of what IndyCar racing is about with with how different the cars are in regards to dampers and you know what people you have on the teams and everything like that. So um, for us, we happen to be super strong on super speedways. Um, struggled on other parts of, of the calendar, which is just a reality. Um, so, but it, it made our lives pretty, pretty easy. And, and the engineers were super on top of it. Yeah. It's interesting you say that, right? Because I like, am working with Michael Cannon. That's something we definitely have in common there. Michael Cannon, I, he's very honest with you about what he, he knows about the car, what it, what he knows that it might do. It might do, obviously you can't really fully say what it's going to do, but like, he's, he's also very honest. Like, if 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 you're in a tough spot, like he's gonna say, hey, I don't think we have the ability to do that yet. You know what I mean? But vice versa, when you're with him at Indy and and seeing his success that he's had in the past at Indy, right? If he tells you, hey, we got this, it's gonna be all right, and he confidently delivers that to you as a driver, that helps so much. That like putting that in your mind, because Michael, for me, like it also. Like he believes in me, which again, most people have not have stopped doing that nowadays, but like you don't lose the ability as a driver. And like when Michael gave me the car to do my job, right? 
we went out and did it. We were on the podium, like we were fast. We passed the most cars my rookie year, right? But like when he right. tells you, "Hey, we're we're gonna go out and we're gonna be good at Indy." Guess what? That fills you with confidence. You already oh, felt yeah. it at Texas, and now you're going into qualifying. I mean, shoot, you were going in that practice session before the qualifying day. I mean, you literally. I, I mean, that was everyone was like. Well, all right. Looks like we're competing for the second row. You know what I mean? Like it was like, holy crap! Right. These guys have yeah. all the speed in the world, but it was enough speed and it was enough confidence to where you could drive the car, right? Because again, if you're hanging for sure. on for dear life at that speed, it's much more difficult than like just progressing. Again, progressing day by day. And is that right. kind of what you felt like it was? Is like, hey, the progression is the right way here. And by the time, I guess you know. Driving at 234 average, 235, like, that is tough, right? But I assume, because the way you and Santino got out of that car, it didn't look like you guys were scared scared to death driving it. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, I remember, I mean, even looking at my onboard from, from the practice run where we did a 235, the, the hands are completely still. There's exactly. just grip. Hey, that's, that's, what it, that's what it should. Exactly. That's like, you can do that if everything is in the right window, right? Yep. Um, and you have the ability I, as a driver, clearly, because you did it. Like you, you went out there. You're like, "Hey, Mike told me I can do this." Boom! Guess what? You did it. When it when exactly. it came time to deliver, you did it. Yeah, and, and and even I remember most of our runs at the speedway, we we would barely touch um, our roll bars during a qualifying run. That's how good the car was. Maybe it would just be <laughs> plus or minus. You know where the weight jacker would reset to um, for a little bit of balance. But, I mean, the cars were so sorted that we barely even had to touch our, our roll bars. So, um, yeah. That's a dream. It, it, there, <laughs> there was so much confidence in the car that you're pushing the boundary of when you're starting to activate the the um, dropping the rear of the car for, for, for the a straight jacker, line yep. speed. Yeah, the weight jacker, thank you. Um you know, we were playing with how early we could start activating it, even when we're, you know, going as fast as we were just to get more speed out of it. And um, and then bringing it back up uh, in the air for as late as possible. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, just really special. And, and like I said with Michael, the, one of the coolest moments of the month was, was when he said, we need to change this part on the car in order to go quicker for come qualifying. And it was like, if we don't change this part, we're not going to be competitive. And then he just had so much experience to to know when to do that, what changes to do with it, and um, yeah, it, it was a setup change in terms of you know how to get the oh, most yeah. out of the car for speed. Yeah, and um, yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, it's funny how at Indy, like you <laughs> realize, like, hey, you could drive around there all day at at a certain speed and be comfortable, but like there are certain mechanical changes on that car that if you make the change it literally is just for pure speed like it's it's for less exactly. drag it's for or more efficiency but that might not necessarily be the most awesome thing for you like a lot of pe a lot of teams mess with wheelbases right so like you can right. you can you can make the car longer shorter essentially but there's one wheelbase that's really the fastest way to run it however it's a little bit more difficult to run now i i have gone through years of my career where i couldn't run <laughs> the fastest wheelbase because for me it wasn't what i was most comfortable with but as i've got more experience i'm like hey i'm gonna try to maybe adjust myself to these faster mechanical changes overall so i mean you, right. you've only done one year there now but you now see how like one of these small changes can affect those things so much 100 going to the other races though right Indy 500, when you had 
I, I would say, and I talked to Mike about this a lot, right? You guys had what you wanted to have, essentially. Like, you had the the bits, the go-fast bits. You had all the stuff that you wanted there. But I would say in other races, right, probably didn't have exactly what you wanted. And it's amazing how, sure. and I, I don't think the casual fan really understands, like, you're a driver that qualified in the fast 12, fast nine, like you're, you're up at the front of the Indy 500 again and having a great race too until you got absolutely rammed <laughs> in the back, like again, no yeah. fault of your own, but <clears throat> you're the same driver then that, that, that has to go through the struggles of the rest of the season, right? Just right. bad luck, not enough, not enough speed, but, but that's, I, 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 I want, I want to try to, I always try to put it in perspective for people that like, it, it's not the same per like per weekend. The, the the equipment is different. The the small things here and there are different. And you had to go through that, right? It probably felt like a heroic day to be qualifying in the top yeah. nine. And then all of a sudden now you're like, well, shoot, we're on the last row for a bunch of these road and street courses. And it's just, you just, you don't have that same grip. You don't have the same competitiveness. Right. It's, it's a very interesting topic. I was talking about it with someone the other day. It's, you know, most of my junior formula career, um, you know, like some other drivers that have come to IndyCar, my junior formula career was, was pretty successful. I, I had a lot of success, um, was with top teams. It it was rare in, in most classes I was in to be outside of top five. Um, I remember in, you know, Indy Next, my second year, even my first rookie year, um, you know, during the tests, I remember, especially second year, we were literally fastest at every test almost, um, constantly battling for, for podiums and, just constantly at the front. So you get used to that mindset. Um, obviously, the cars are all the same, like IndyCar, except dampers are, are all the same in Indy Next. Um, and I remember it. Wherever we would show up with, with how dominant the team was, we would be fast right away. It was so rare that we would do a, a dramatic change to the car, whether we go to Sebring for sh short course testing or we go to Road America. The, the team knew where to start, and it would be competitive right away. Um, so I got so used to being in that environment. Um, <clears throat> so when I went to IndyCar, obviously, like we talked about earlier, um, AJ Foyt, it's no secret that we're we're behind in damper development, you know, speed of the car, um, except for, for super speedways for whatever reason. Um, but for most road courses, we're just simply behind. And the best yeah. way to describe it is um, a lot of the time when we would roll off the truck, we would be so far out the window uh, both Santino and I, in terms of our, our relative pace, um, you know, setup of the car, we would usually only be separated by two or three tenths every session. But you know, we would be P twenty or P twenty five, and uh, we would start most weekends, you know, so far out the window. Whereas you know, some teams would be literally one and a half seconds quicker than us, which is in racing is an eternity, as you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And and we would you know, our feedback would be exactly the same. The car is, is doing these things. And, you know, when both drivers are within two tenths of recession, it's, you know, both are relatively getting the, the most out of the car, right? As you know. And um, <clears throat> we would eventually get to a point in qualifying where the car is somewhat in the window, but that's the starting point everyone else would start with at the beginning of the weekend. Yeah. Um, and we wouldn't get to that starting point until qualifying. So when you take teams that start at that point from the weekend and develop all the way up to qualifying, their performance is so much higher compared to us. So we're just naturally behind when it comes to that. Um, 
specifically for for road and street courses ovals we happen to be you know some of the lucky one of the lucky teams where we can roll off and be quick right away for super speedways mm-hmm. um, whereas others struggle right um some other teams they just happen to be fast everywhere they go right off the yeah. track um, and that's and usually just, the ganassis the you know the Penske's. exactly they, they have that ability to start closer to the window rather than finding it which is exactly which is the hard exactly. part yeah it's very difficult um and and you know there's not enough time in the weekend and you even have less practice now to get to that window so yeah it's it's this is the top level of the game right like this is yeah people don't mess around you got to show up and be ready to go right out the gate yeah so and and for me as a rookie you know being new to open dampers you know we're talking about inerters and oh yeah a bunch of a bunch of things i haven't had access to ever in my career so i i don't scientific terms yeah (laughs) yeah what does what you know blow off valves going to damper a to f (laughs) trying different things and you're just like i they throw a bunch of things on the car and and sometimes um you know there will be sessions if we're so lost where you start with the setup and there's literally five changes that go on the car during a stop to see if it's just remotely better and you're like it feels remotely better but you don't know what exactly targeted what you know when you have that many changes you're Um, changing so so many things you're like changing packages entirely like you're going it's like throwing a hail mary right exactly like a lot of times teams will say hey we're gonna try our saint pete baseline here at detroit right for the street street course well that didn't work all right so we're gonna go try our other street going we're gonna try the long beach baseline setup like or you're gonna try yeah. let's let's you know, there's all kinds of different baseline setups that if you're really like let's say if you if you struggled there last year you're probably not gonna show up with the same baseline setup that you did the ran the year before so you got to try exactly. other things you know and you know it's it's a part of the game but it, it makes it especially hard for a rookie when you're you know it's your first year in this in this indie car which is a new car for you um, you're straight into a race weekend and you go from driving you know package A for six or seven laps you come back in yeah. Um, you're getting reacquainted into a track. Then the team throws a completely different setup on. You go out there, car feels like a completely different race car because it is. <laughs> and then you get another six or seven laps and you have to adapt to that. So there's just so much adapting. Um, whereas, you know, when you compare to junior formula, those amount of changes aren't happening. So you get the oh, same race car most of the window. time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a, maybe in junior formula, you're only getting the clicker rebound or you're, you're dropping the rear flat or so and it's just much easier to build on the last run whereas in indycar you'll do these big changes and you're like wow this feels completely different but we're just going to go for it and see in six laps if it's a better race car than what we had before um so much more complicated and um but yeah it's a part of the game it's the highest level as you know and oh yeah um it's it's complicated it it definitely helps um having a, a strong car right out of out of the the truck and um life is way if, easier if, yeah. <laughs> yeah if if you know if every weekend trust was like the indy 500 it would have been a completely different year so and for some teams and drivers that's the reality for, for yeah. them with how far ahead they are so um no learned learned a bunch this year um the longest races i've ever done that was a a big adaptation strategy yeah. pit stops um fuel physicality saving, yeah physicality um but yeah Looking towards the future now, though, you have to be, I mean, I I am excited for you because there's a Penske relationship, right? Like there's, there, that's a, right. it's a public announcement. There's a Foyt relationship now with Penske, which is there. They won the 500. They've won everything in the world. They win all the time. 
Um, so that has, have you seen already yet some of that Penske influence in, in the building or in the way things are looking, shaping up for testing over the winter? Has that been a pretty impressive influence already on you or is it, is it going to be more like when you get to the race weekends? Yeah. I mean, um, obviously the announcement came about kind of middle three quarters of the year last year. So it was just beginning. Um, I can definitely say there's been a lot of teamwork during the the preseason here, especially with all the hybrid stuff going on, testing. Um, I know they've been talking a lot about, you know, what we did at the Indy 500, what they did, you know, how can we become better as a team? Um, I know a lot of our, our guys were with them at the Speedway the other day during some hybrid testing, and um, <clears throat> it's really exciting. You know, my, my um, contract with White is, is a couple of years when, when I signed it, so that's you know, we knew something like this was in the works and uh, it's a reality now. And it's it's not just an average, you know, partnership. It's a true technical partnership and um, something that's very, very special to be a part of. You know, to be associated with, with a team like Team Penske is, is yeah, very it's special. It's huge. And um, for a small team like ourselves, it's, it's very important. So it'll be hopefully very, very helpful for, for hybrid information as they're one of the test teams for, for Chevrolet and um, you know, the reality for us is is we haven't had any days yet of, of hybrid yeah. testing, but I think <laughs> Will Power and, and Scott and Max been out there pounding laps um, as one of the the test teams. So hopefully we can get a lot of info from them on you know what you can do from a driving perspective and balance and you know how to use the thing properly um, so we can get caught up to speed really quickly. Yeah, I mean that's that takes everything to a whole new level. So that that'll be really cool. I think. Um, you know, I, I certainly hope that, uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what is going to happen yet in my future, but you know, I know that I would love to be, if, if I have to only do the Indy 500, I think there'd only be <laughs> one place I'd like to be. And that's the third car at a Foyt Penske team. So love to have uh, you. As so a we'll see, we'll see what happens there, but what uh, w- only a couple more questions here, but moving on to like fun stuff, what was the most fun part about being an Indy car driver this year? Like moving up to that top level series, like it's 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 a fun job like it's cool to be a part of this series we get to do a lot of fun stuff like it's 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 sweet like it's a dream job at times uh you'll realize that but it's what what was like the most fun part this year of like hey i'm an indy car driver this is sweet i mean i think the the biggest realization of that and cool moment is is during the the month of may at at indianapolis motor speedway The, the amount of people that are there um in the paddock, obviously, we have some of the the coolest garage spots that are in the paddock. For AJ we were Floyd. bus neighbors too. We were bus neighbors. We were bus neighbors as well. <laughs> um, I I think the whole month is, is insanely special, and and for me, what felt like the most you know special time being an IndyCar driver throughout the whole season. Um, you're in the Indy, you know, when you go, you know, for example, when you go out to dinner, if it's in in downtown or at Speedway. Yeah all the race fans are there. They know who you are. It's, it's just, you feel very, very special. Um, so that, that's an amazing feeling. Um, but on the contrary side, you know, making such IndyCar, um, I, I had no idea how busy it would be also from a media perspective and oh, yeah. how, how little time you actually have with the team on a race weekend with all these other obligations that I had heard about it, but I didn't know what it would be like. Um, I remember, I think it was the the GMR Grand Prix race weekend. Had a practice session in the morning. Um, I think it was very. I think there was only one practice, and it would go straight to qualifying, something like that. 
um, or it was the second time there. And it was practice, very, very short debrief in pit lane. Had to go straight to a, um, you know, an autograph session, separate meeting, separate meeting, um, whatever obligation it would be. And then you literally come back to the truck. You then grab lunch really quickly. Maybe a 10, 15 minute refresher on what the team has changed based on your very short debrief from, from after the session. And, the, and then the session starts in 10 minutes and you're back in the car. And it's just yeah. so different from, from junior formula where you finish the session and you just go straight back to the truck and you spend all your time there. And, um, you know, it's just very, very different um, in regards to use of your time during an IndyCar race weekend. And, and that took a lot of adapting as well. Oh, yeah. um, I, I think even a lot of veterans are still overwhelmed at times with, you know, you, you want more time, but. Um, yeah, you can tell because they keep on scootering. They just keep on yeah. scootering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, hopefully we get that back, uh, the scooters at, at the Speedway this year so yeah. we can get around quickly. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's an amazing, amazing uh, feeling. It's I would say the the jump in terms of career steps, you know, F4, F3, British F3, Indian Lights, the the jump from indie anything to indie car is is the biggest jump uh um, yeah in terms of car your media your setup options it's, it's a big step so um learned a, a huge amount this year for sure well that's awesome um i appreciate you coming on to talk about it i uh i know it was a tough year for most of the most of the time and i know people talk a lot of wild stuff on the internet that we don't like uh, but I, 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 I think you guys have an incredible year ahead of you. I mean, I, I think that, uh, Michael Armbrester just went to your team as well, who again, great friend of mine, like him a lot, great engineer. Um, you guys are putting the pieces together, putting things together in the right way. I mean, Penske, like uh, that's, that's awesome. So I'm right. excited for you. I think that's a great, a great position to be in. Uh, and again, people, th- this is how this sport works. People don't give a crap about what happened last year as long as you come out next year and you're like hey guess what now we're in the top 15 top 10 every race we're just hanging out having a great time like exactly. that's that's just like people don't it's easy racing is easy there's a lot of things that are easily forgettable that's for sure yeah uh and and yeah success is great because we look at alex polo alex polo is very successful and he's in a bunch of lawsuits so like that's you know he, he, doesn't matter <laughs> what's happening there because yeah. as long as he's still winning it doesn't matter that's very true. It yeah. makes up for everything. So yeah. So thanks a lot, man, for for jumping on here. We appreciate that. Of course. Thanks for having me. Great conversation there with Benjamin. I I, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope everyone uh, feel free to let us know. Um, but I, I I thought it was a great conversation. Ben, what uh, did you did you like that as well? Did you think that was something that was like, hey, I I I, I respect this guy and for coming on here and just and being honest with us. Yeah, I was really intrigued by his kind of differences between going from Indy Lights slash next to IndyCar and how like dialing in a setup for the weekend is so vastly different uh, once you get up to the IndyCar and the amount of things you can change. And I mean, you talk about it all the time, like the feel can be so spread, but it's really not because there's not a whole lot. Thing. There's things you can change, mm, yes. there's things there isn't going to change. So just like those minor differences and how, you know, you can be that far off of a top team, but not really that much at the same time. So that was really interesting. Yeah, no, great, great stuff from him. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. But uh, let's wrap up the show with uh, our favorite segment, a lot of people's favorite segments, according to, well, what I hear, and, and and maybe from what people tell me. Who knows? 
But the Ricky Treadway Random Indy 500 Driver of the Week this week, uh, we went very old. We went to the 1938 Indianapolis 500. The 1938 Indianapolis 500 was was won by Floyd Roberts. Floyd Roberts won. Uh, a lot of names in this race, too. A couple names uh, who eventually do win the Indy 500. So several folks that I do recognize. Um, but uh, we're going to go with the 30th place finisher. The 30th place finisher in this race was Ira Hall. Ira Hall uh, from Martinsville, Indiana. Indiana guy. Um, and American race car driver Hall was later elected sheriff of Vigo County, Indiana. So (laughs) race car driver ended up being a sheriff, uh, which is wild. Uh, Hall had several starts in the, in the Indianapolis 500. His greatest fame was gained on the dirt tracks of the Midwest, primarily Indiana and Illinois. He report reportedly won as many as a hundred races in a season on what was known as the suicide circuit. I don't know what that is, wow. but that sounds wild. Huh. Um, seriously injured in the fall of 1927 at George Rogers Clark Speedway near Vincennes, Indiana, uh, but recovered to re- return to racing the next year. So looks like he had a couple different Indy 500 starts, 1928, uh, 32, 33, and then skipped five years, 38 and 39. So quite an, a, a wild Indy 500 history. Um, but, uh, best finish at the Indy 500 was seventh. Looks like best finish was seventh. So, uh, Ira Hall, very interesting. Sheriff Hall. So Sheriff Hall is now the random Indy 500 driver of the week. What do you think, Ben? I like it. And apparently, uh, a lot of his fellow competitors called him pop because he was over age 30 at the time when he was racing a lot of his racing in the mid twenties, nice. according to this. So yeah. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, He's a what a guy. Circuit. Yeah. Indiana guy, too. We, we love an Indiana guy. Do enjoy that. Um, and wild that he was born in 1892. Like, Ooh. man, we're, we're getting That's, old now. 1800s, yeah. this fellow was born in. Um, wow. Well, that's another show. Episode 99. We are coming up on episode 100. Uh, appreciate all those that, uh, that follow along with this show. Appreciate those that listen. Uh, please tell a friend to give it a shot. Uh, leave us a rating, review, uh, whatever you want to do. Uh, follow us on YouTube, like and subscribe, and comment on the video. Let us know what you think. Uh, that helps drive traffic. Uh, we're just trying to grow. We're trying to grow the show, um, and uh, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. I I, I love doing this. Uh, hopefully there's some exciting news to share all, with all of you at some point in my life. Uh, but until then, we're going to have a great time podcasting. So thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week. A new episode of Next Level with Andrew Curland is out now. Be sure to follow wherever you listen to podcasts and never miss another Next Level conversation. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.